So this is Relic Savor, episode 10 and a half. Um, I just had an interview with John Summy, lead content designer of Guild Wars Classic. And then Chaz and I just started screwing around based upon a little bit of inspiration. So, hope you guys enjoy this. Hey guys, I'm here with, how do you say your name, John Stummy? Yes, you you got it right the first time. That's really rare. Awesome. That's very rare for me to get it right the first time, too. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm here with John Stummy, who is the lead content designer for Guild Wars. How you doing? I am doing pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing excellent and uh, recording in my basement right now. So if anyone notices a difference in audio, whether it be good or bad, that's the case right here. So um, we had a few questions that we threw at ArenaNet and said, hey, can we... Uh, can we ask John Stummy these questions? So, and this kind of gives people an outlook for the game that they've already got available to them, which, I mean, I don't know about you, but I would love to see people kind of go back to and kind of get into the lore and a refresher before the, you know, the next game comes out and the big tidal wave comes in. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, one of the questions that, uh, let's see, uh, the question was, since War and Crida is over, is that also the end of Guild Wars Beyond, or do you have more in store for us in the future? It is absolutely not the end of Guild Wars Beyond. Um, the first thing that we've got coming up, and we're looking at doing this around September, um, we would have liked to have had it out sooner, but with all the, the big stuff that's going on for GW2, you know, we, we're effectively losing about two weeks of time in the studio, but we still have stuff to wrap up uh, with Kieran, and obviously the Kieran and Gwen wedding is going to be a really big thing that's coming up. Um, but beyond that, once that storyline's finished, uh, we're going to keep going on and already, um, I've already got the, the overall story is done for the next major arc that we're going to be doing, uh, which is going to take us down to Cantha. So I am pretty excited for that one. And I'm hoping that people are going to be looking forward to that too. And, uh, I think a lot of the listeners would be like, uh Oh, are we going to face Togo again? But no, <laughs> Togo. <laughs> Oh no! No more of the uh, the YouTube videos with the Master Togo. Is it going in the background? Yes. Yep. So yeah, that's good to hear. I actually really liked factions. I like the atmosphere there. So what I would like to see come out of this is so the story has been designed in such a way. Uh, one of the things about War and Krita is because it was a very direct continuation of a storyline. We had to push a lot of things out into instance areas, which ended up making a lot of the content feel really gated. Um, You know, you had to do like go out into an area and reload an instance a couple of times in order to find it and get started. Um, I was looking at a story for Cantha that would be something that could run um, mostly concurrent for if, you know, that story of Cantha is still there, that these aren't things that are directly impacting that, but it's something else that can be happening in the world. Uh, that way, you know, we can have these things going on in outposts, so it's easier to find, it's easier to get to, and hopefully that lets us use more of the continent for it. Oh, that's beautiful. I think a lot of people will be really glad to hear that. <laughs> yeah, I am certainly hoping so. Yeah. Yeah, I love Cantha. Cantha was... Uh, I was super excited for it. I mean, I'm a little sad that uh, it's kind of the the unloved stepchild of the the three big campaigns. Um, I understand why some of that is, and going back to it is also a chance to address some of those issues for the the new content. Um, hopefully, make it a bit more accessible because Factions was one of our harder campaigns. Yeah, well, it was the first campaign that I actually played, so all these people that 
you know, they talk about the nostalgia of prophecies. I'm kind of a, another generation, I guess you'd say, where the nostalgia is all in factions. But yeah. so, but yeah, if you ask me, I love Cantha, and I'm glad to hear that because maybe it'll get a few more people in my camp. <laughs> okay, another question we had was in your introductory post on the blog, you hinted at exploring more of the stories of Cantha and Alone. Oh wait, I think you've just answered this. Is there any particular nation faction or story in these lands that you're drawn to more than others, and if so, why? Um, I can expand on it a little more if you'd like. Yeah, sure. Because I can say, at least for Alona, uh, when we get around to looking there, I think the the big question mark that has been left hanging there is, over the course of events, you end up setting Palawa Joko free, and everything about the game lore tells us, this is a really bad thing that you just did. But it's just kind of left hanging as to what's actually going to come out of that. You know, it would be cool if somewhere down the line that we can actually follow up on that a little bit more. Um, as for Kantha, uh, I don't think there's a specific like faction or anything, like Luxons or Kursiks or the uh, Dragon Empire or anything. I just liked the setting overall, and I feel like there's more that we can be doing with that. So um, with, I see a little bit of a shift to Palawa Joko, is there any chance we will be hearing Christopher Walken impersonations? <laughs> um, I don't think that we can get... Uh, more voice acting in, but if people would like uh, bad Christopher Walken impressions, I think I can probably try myself. Oh, if you if you give it a shot, I'll give it a shot. All right, what should I say? Okay, uh, let's see. What's something Christopher Walken was famous for saying? He could say something like, "Do you know the whole stabby in the face with the soldering iron line?" <laughs> um, no, not really. Okay, well, how about more cowbell? <laughs> I'm putting you on such a spot. No one's ever going to volunteer for a Relics of War uh, interview again. In playing this game, Factions, there's a quest somewhere in the sea. It's very jaded. They want you to get more cowbell. <laughs> but that was a very good quest. That was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> you had the inflections down. <laughs> what I've noticed, though, with all the uh, people that are impersonating him right now, there's a lot of different flavors of it anyway. <laughs> it's fabulous. See, that's much better than mine. <laughs> so, uh, okay. What is the status of the GBG changes? So I talked with um, Robert about this to see um, where they're at. Uh, so internally within the test crew, um, there are a couple of things that we're looking at doing. Um, some of them are kind of bigger changes than others. And because of this, they've been under like they've been under review and in testing for a couple of months now, or we've had the top guilds helping us out on these. Um, they're not quite ready to release those yet, but you know, the Robert wants you to know that like we're going to continue supporting GVG through the small changes in the meantime. And when we feel like we've got something that you know has really nailed it and that we're happy with it and it's gone through enough testing that it's not going to be, oh hey, we just we just broke everything that you know we'd release more details on that then awesome yeah I, I know as far as pvp goes you have to um you have to gate your responses and be very conservative about how you release information because then you have people whining simply based on speculation yeah <laughs> i know how that works <laughs> and uh kind of in a related in, in a way related uh chaz was asking what is the status of status of the dervis profession review so right now um what you know, Robert, Joey, and Joe have been focusing on the most has been the the Dervish. Um, they've been making a lot of progress with it. Um, 
again, they've cautioned me. It's like, you know, uh, we don't want to say too much about it yet, but they have been going through and they've made sure to look at the feedback that we've gotten, uh, you know, from the test crews, but also from the general forums in terms of how the Dervish plays, not just in PvP, but also in PvE. And they're looking at doing reworks that address that, that makes it just a more viable class overall. Okay. Yeah, I really like the Dervish class. If there's, it's the only melee class I've ever played, like seriously in Guild Wars. So that should be a testament to how awesome it is. <laughs> yeah, like the Dervish was a really interesting class. I'm glad it is getting an appropriate amount of love. Yeah, I really liked how when um, the Paragon and the Dervish were released in Nightfall, you first saw the Paragon and you saw an angel, and then the Dervish kind of looked like a Grim Reaper, but what's awesome is they're actually holy warriors. It's mm-hmm. like a mind bender. But yeah, I love them. With Guild Wars 2 on the horizon, this will likely result in a smaller player base in Guild Wars. Is the interest in allowing players to bring more heroes affected by this in any way? So that is an interesting question, and it's actually something that we've been reviewing uh, internally for the last, say, two weeks or so. Um, It's not directly related to Guild Wars 2 so much as it is um, me coming on board, and it's just something that I was like, why is it still this way? Um, I understand that there were reasons for it that used to be um, more valid reasons, you know, when people could be running around in PvP and having heroes in their party, you didn't want to run into a situation where you're going into HA and it's nothing but one person with seven heroes in there. Uh, Since that's not really a concern anymore, um, I don't feel like there's compelling reasons keeping us from letting players just have a hero party. Just because, um, you know, obviously you want to encourage people to play together in a multiplayer online game, but there's always going to be people that they just want to play with their friends, or sometimes you just want to go off on your own. And those people right now, they're taking three heroes and they're taking henchmen. And if they have the ability to take more heroes, it's, you know, they're not hurting anybody because they're doing that anyway. They're just doing the less effective version of it. And something else that would be nice for us to get out of um, players being able to take a full party like that is when we're doing additional content, you know, uh, we ran into situations, it looks like, in the War in Krita, um, some places where the content is just a lot harder than it otherwise would be for a solo player because they're relying on having to take henchmen to fill out their party that just aren't up to par with what the actual content is. Um, so that's something I would like to see alleviated. Um, I'm not sure how it is that we would uh, get that kind of feature out to players, but it's something we're reviewing and kind of along that vein. I don't want to say just what it is yet, but um, we've been looking into doing something else with Heroes that I think is going to be really exciting if we can pull it off. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think the last time we, uh, I think the last time that question was asked, it was basically just a stonewall no. So I was a little scared to even ask the question. It's one of those kind of things where, like, when you're coming on um, as a new lead designer, like it's it's now my job to review those decisions that have been made and make sure they still make sense for the game. And that's one where I just I don't really think it does. Yeah, a lot of things have changed. Okay, um, can we look forward to any new weapons? Down the line, uh, there will absolutely be new weapons added, especially you know um, with going into new story arcs around the world that there are definitely going to be opportunities for us to be getting new weapons out there, which I am excited about them because the the last time I got to be uh, on a project for Guild Wars where we had a weapon set release was the bonus mission pack. And uh, 
I did the the one for Gwen, and I thought the the items we came out with were pretty awesome. So I'm looking forward to seeing what the artist can surprise me with this time around. You know, I still run around with undead um, weapons. <laughs> nice. I loved those so much. So that's that's good to hear. Okay, will there be any new consumables? Somewhere down the line, we are definitely going to be adding new consumables. I think um, when we get around to like doing uh, festival stuff. Um, whether that be for existing ones and, you know, somewhere down the line, uh, when we've got time for it and there's so many things that I want to do and there's always just, well, you got to find time for it, but somewhere along the line, I would love to introduce some new festivals. Cause you know, we have ones that are, you know, uh, roughly analogous to holidays in the real world. And I feel like it would be an awesome thing to help build up the, the lore of the Guild Wars world unto itself to introduce you know, festivals that are just unique to the world for, you know, they have their own reasons for existing and having consumables go along with that would be pretty awesome. Yeah. Guild Wars is very strong on the lore side. I I could see how festivals only, you know, Guild Wars only would kind of enrich that. Um, When you do that, you should give us a a pie consumable of some kind. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Will we see a Paragon profession review? So we have talked about, um, you know, it was one of the big things where with profession reviews internally that they really wanted to take a look at the ones that needed love and focus on them until they were at a point where they felt like they were done. That way we could move on to the next one. And as of current, I believe it is the plan that they would be moving on to that when Dervish is done. Okay. I think that is pretty much the information a lot of people were kind of digging at indirectly, and you directly (laughs) answered it, so thank you for that. Okay, let's see. This question is the big one. This is the big community one, and I kind of seem to be the one stirring the pot the most. (laughs) But uh, I think I actually know what the real answer to this question is now that I'm with somebody that's official and I have to be kind of serious. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to ask the question anyway in our little pretentious, we're arguing way. Okay, after the release of Guild Wars 2... What sort of nomenclature will you use to refer to the prequel? You're going to call it Guild Wars Classic, right? <laughs> you know, I don't think we've actually had um, any conversations, whether that be like community people or business people, as to what we would name it properly. Um, I don't know if it's still just going to be like Guild Wars and then we refer to the other as Guild Wars 2. But, you know, Guild Wars Classic has a, a nice vintage kind of feel to it. I know. I think if people have more awesome suggestions, <laughs> they should totally post them. Something like Guild Wars Awesome? Yeah, exactly like that. Because then I can have my name on it, like a lead designer of Guild Wars Awesome. <laughs> like, wow, you must have a really amazing job. And be like, yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, I, what I'm thinking is going to happen in all seriousness, and this is the only time I'll say it on the show, but is that it's going to be Guild Wars and then Guild Wars 2. Mm-hmm. Kind of like for, you know, uh, the movie Alien. Then you had Aliens and Alien 3. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people still call one Aliens 2 or whatever, and they get it wrong. And you still know what they're talking about. Sometimes, you know, in life, you just got to deal with things like that. But I still like to argue with people about it, <laughs> especially Hunter. He wants to call it Guild Wars Original. Oh, nice. Yeah, that actually is. That's just as that's just as fitting as anything. But we've had the argument now. We've had the argument and brought Arena Net straight into it. We'll we'll leave that behind now. So last October, the live team introduced a set of quests to the Halloween celebrations that changed the underworld. How likely are we to see further updates to the various holiday celebrations compared to the addition of new content to the game? Which kind of feels like you started to dabble in. So, Yeah, that's one of those things where 
Um, if we get the opportunity to do it, it's like I would love to add some new stuff to existing holidays. Um, I'm not going to hide my bias for the fact that I am a very big fan of Halloween. So, you know, uh, that's one that would receive love for me at some point. But I like being able to update our other ones just because, you know, we, we've had them around for a while. Um, they always tend to, we get big concurrency spikes because of them. And it's nice just to, for the people that are coming back to say, hey, here's something new for you that wasn't here before. And, you know, just build out on those a little more each year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then the last question is, do you prefer pie or cake? <laughs> I'm going to say pie, key yes. lime specifically. <laughs> There's really nobody to offend either there because everybody loves pie deep down inside. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, that's all the questions we had. Do you have anything else you'd like to say to the listeners to Relics of War? Well, I am... Um glad that you all tune in i hope that you're going to be excited for the stuff that we are going to be putting out because i am very much looking forward to seeing how people like it and i'm looking forward to getting it out there for you so thank you all for listening yeah i'm looking forward to see the footprint of john stummy with guild wars classic (laughs) me too sorry if i hurt you with anything i said chose myself instead I was wrong Did you stay too long? So, I'm here with my buddy Chaz and we're going to talk about this interview I just had with the lead content designer of Guild Wars. Chaz, are you excited about this? Should I do the impersonation as well? Yeah. I am very... Oh. <laughs> Just a second. Uh, 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 you know. I am very excited. I don't know. <laughs> no, this no, is great. This is great. He always pauses in certain places. I'm just trying to figure, nail it. A stab you in the face. <laughs> Shutting eye. And you see, this little piggy, he was not too bright. <laughs> that's almost, that's like Count Dracula or Christopher Walken. Blah, blah, uh, suck your blood. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just holding my sides at this point. Okay, what are, can you do any other impersonations? Because I'm just having a ball now. Uh, mm, name something. That would be funny with Christopher Walken. Okay, so I'll do Patrick Warburton. I'm going to ask you all about your uh, Walken impersonation. Is he, uh, is he still vampiric? Does he glitter in the sun? Well, you'll see, boys and girls, that this idea of vampires not spontaneously combusting in the sun, it's all just... <laughs> hype from some author who made this book. A book about vampires that are perfect in every single way. This is not normal. Um, <clears throat> well, well, that's superb right there. I like that. It's like we got real-time uh, uh, observance of Chaz's ability to impersonate this guy. So one thing I've learned about uh, doing impersonations is having that, the how do I put it, the benchmark line. Once I say the line, I kind of get the impersonation after that. So, like, if I want to do an English guy, I'll kind of in private step aside and I'll go, Would you like to sport tea? And then, okay, I've got the English now because that one line just kind of, it gets my mouth in the correct mood, I guess you would say. And then, uh, let's see, for Christopher Walken, it's always been, Hey, it's story time! Yeah, that's what I was, you know, right when you uh, mentioned Christopher Walken, I actually searched up story time Christopher Walken. <laughs> so try that, try going, it's, it's story time. Is is story time. 
Oh, I'm loving this. Okay, uh, what other impersonations should we try? Uh... The Patrick Barber. I did a crap load of them on GoCast the other day. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm just gonna release this as like a mini episode of Relics. Just plop it in. Okay. Bloopers. <laughs> Sorry it's about funny. That. I just it's funny. I just googled commonly impersonated actors. Front page: Christopher Walken. Oh yeah, he's he's the most. <laughs> Everybody just wants to be as awesome as myself. Um, let's see, we've got. Oh, I was gonna do Sean Connery. So, the phrase I always say is, "Do you ever lose your car keys? Do the words Grand Slam mean anything to you by chance, Goldfinger?" Uh, I don't. I definitely cannot do a, a Scottish accent. Okay. Uh, not even housekeeper Willie, huh? No, no. He's not, he's not even a housekeeper. He's a he's a maid, isn't he? Uh, yeah, he's a French maid, actually. <laughs> Very nice. Oh, do you like my thighs? They're staring at you. You got the shinin. <laughs> you got the shinin. Don't you mean shining? Shh, you want to get sued? <laughs> uh, who else did I do for... Oh, okay. It's been a while since I did Dr. Evil. I used to be awesome at it, and it's been suffering lately, so... <laughs> Look what you did to Mr. Bigglesworth. You know what? I need to... Google him and then I'll get it down. Dr. Evil videos. One billion dollars. I'm going to steal his mojo. Whoa! That loud. You could do uh, William Shatner. Okay, Uh, let's see. He's a pretty easy impersonation. Yeah, you just gotta pause sometimes. Captain, I think it would be in fitting because I am Canadian and he is also Canadian. Two, also, as well. Captain, there's something on the way. There's something. That's actually an impersonation of Jim Carrey doing an impersonation of William Shatner. <laughs> and, oh, Jim Carrey, there's one for you. Okay. Uh, that's what he used to say. Alrighty then, Ace Venture. Super. Alrighty then. Super. What's something else Ace Venture used to say? Oh, there's so many things. Uh, that's not Snowflake. <laughs> Do not go in there. Go in there, yeah, yeah. And then, of course, there's Austin Powers, baby. But that's the impersonation (laughs) of the Canadian Mike Myers doing an impersonation of a really crappy English spy, eh? Uh, you got me until you said A. Oh, right. (laughs) I didn't even think about that, but I threw A there because subconsciously I knew I was still being a Canadian. (laughs) Did you ever see the movie Strange Brew? Oh, no, I didn't. Oh, you got to see that. I don't think they were actually Canadian. They might have just been Hoosers, but they were like... Hoosers. Yeah. Hey, Hooser. Yeah, Hoosers growling, eh? That movie was great. So, learned this cool thing on the news, eh? <laughs> Turns out this guy, he got opened a, a bottle and there was a rat in it. And he got a free case of beer from the company. So, today's l- lesson is about how to stuff a rat into a bottle. <laughs> oh, I've already told you this joke, but I gotta tell everybody this joke now. The way that they named Canada was very simple. They busted out a hat with a bunch of letters in it, and they said, Hey, we're gonna name this place, eh? So, uh, they were like, Okay, start drawing letters, eh? So one guy pulls out a letter. C, eh? Yeah, the other guy. Yeah, yeah, eh? Yeah. <laughs> D, eh? <laughs> Truth be told, it's actually named after Kanata, which was in a word of the natives there, but that's too serious mm-hmm. for this. Okay, well, I think we've thoroughly embarrassed ourselves enough for Relics of War episode 10.5.